It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm Zach Blackerby, joined by former intern Jaws. How are you, sir? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. People like it when I call you Jaws and not Lance, so I'm going to keep doing that. I'm cool with that. Okay. All right. It's become who you are. I hope that's okay. I hope that's okay. (laughs) I'm just kidding. You were way more than that. All right. So we got a bunch of news to get to. Obviously, the schedule came out yesterday, and we'll talk about that in just a second as the SEC's, uh, they they unveiled everyone's schedule, but of course, Auburn's is included in that. But first thing, I want to spend a few minutes talking about Auburn has once again finished all of their coaching staff hires um, as Tracy Rocker has left. They have replaced him with Nick Eason uh, to be the defensive line coach, a 10-year veteran of the NFL, and you love that. He played uh, played at Clemson from 03 to 2012 and coached for seven years in the NFL following his playing career. Harson put out a press release, and he said, quote, Nick is a hire we are extremely excited about as he has coached and played at the highest level. After a 10-year NFL career, he moved right into coaching and quickly became an NFL position coach within two years. That's something that doesn't happen every day and speaks volume for his coaching and connection ability. As we got to, go, uh, as we got to know Nick better through this process, the football part of it became very apparent as he is a great teacher, but what stands out about Nick, in addition, is his personality, professionalism, and an ability to form a relationship with people very quickly. So I think a lot of people are going to look at this and ask the question, well, can he recruit? And it's interesting, you know, Harson only has a few sentences to be able to talk about him. And he talks about his ability to form relationships with people. And of course, that is what recruiting is. So I like this. Yeah, I'm happy with the hire. Anytime you can get an NFL guy, I feel like that's a... It's a good situation you're putting yourself in. I was reading some stuff on Instagram, just looking at some comments as the news broke. Somebody said that Easton was a member of Vanderbilt's staff before being hired by the Bengals, but he never actually coached a game. Um, so apparently he has a good relationship with Derek Mason. Um, some of the other comments were saying that they think that this is a really good hire and an improvement on Tracy Rocker, Auburn's original hire for yeah. defensive line coach. So I'm really happy with this hire. I feel like anytime you can get an NFL guy, you're one step closer to having Alabama's staff. So. <laughs> yeah, he's not an yeah, NFL head coach, but uh, he's an NFL position coach at least. Yeah. And you know, you can you can find um, successes. You know, he spent some time coaching Tennessee's defensive line. Jarrell Casey was on the team, I believe, through those years. So he was impressive. Some Pro Bowl seasons. And then uh, Geno Atkins was uh, on the Bengals this past year and has been there for a while. And so that's um, that's exciting. One thing I talked about earlier this week, uh, Jaws, and I don't know if you, you heard me talking about this, but I talked about how I thought it was going to be very interesting to see which route Harson went in replacing Rocker because Rocker kind of filled two different roles, right? You could put him in that former player situation or did Harson like him because of his former NFL roots? And I'm like, I think we'll get a lot more of uh, insight on why he was chosen to be a part of the staff when he 
decides to replace him with someone else. And then obviously right. that happens with Eason. And it seems like he hired Rocker for the former NFL roots, not for the former player roots, which I think is fascinating. I think I think Harson has made it relatively clear that he is not keeping anybody on this coaching staff because they played at Auburn or because they have ties to Auburn. I think it's very clear that he wants to go out and get the, his guy, the guy that he thinks best fits the role on his coaching staff. And I appreciate that. I feel like it's not holding Auburn back in a way. And not, not, not to say that Auburn's coaches in the past have been terrible or anything that have been like former Auburn players. I'm just saying, I feel like he's putting the team first instead of the fan base first. And I feel like he believes that that will pan out and then the fan base will come along with him and support his coaching staff decisions. It's a tough love we need. I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense. Um, this is what Eason said in the press release, quote, I want to thank Auburn University Athletics Director Alan Green, Coach Brian Harson, and Defensive Coordinator Derek Mason for the opportunity to be a part of one of the most elite programs in the country. In visiting with Coach Harson, it was clear he knows the culture required and has a plan in place to create a foundation for success to produce championships. He has great passion and cares for his staff, players in the program, this is a great fit for me to coach and recruit great players and be a part of a football program with great success and tradition. We say all the time, Harson's a big culture guy, and it seems like in the press releases when you uh, talk to new hires, it still continues to come up. So I am all in on the hire of Nick Eason. I'm very, very excited about it. Yeah, I agree with you. And again, it feels like uh, Harson's doing a great job of establishing culture early. Like we've talked about a little bit before, Gus's press conferences would be about 15 minutes. Right. He wouldn't really interact or engage a whole lot. And Harson seems to be a little bit of the opposite of that. Even though we heard whenever he first got here that he wasn't going to really take a lot of comments in press releases. Apparently he didn't do well in those, but he's he's obviously been able to talk a lot more. Um, and engage with, with the with his audience more, and I appreciate that. And I feel like he's doing a really good job establishing his culture and giving Auburn a new identity. And I'm very excited with with hires like this. I feel like it's it's moving the program in the right direction. All right, let's look at the uh, the SEC schedule, specifically Auburn's schedule next, right here on Locked On Auburn. With the ever increasing of makes and models, I mean, there's a million different types of cars out there. It's impossible to stock all the parts that people need in a traditional uh, chain storefront. So I endure the often pointless questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts from his computer, choosing only the brand that his warehouse wants to supply. When you have a computer in your pocket at all times or at home or at the office uh, that has access to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil. They've even got carpet for your vehicle, whether it's your classic or daily driver. Everything you need is uh, within reach in just a few easy clicks delivered right to your door and they're very easy to use website. Rockauto.com. Head there right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box, and then they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. 
Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, Jaws, let's take a look at Auburn's 2021 schedule. All right, so we knew the first four weeks, September 4th, Akron, the following week, Alabama State, the following week at Penn State, and then the week after that to wrap up September against Georgia State. Obviously, when you look at the month of September, Penn State on the road is the one that stands out. Yeah, I feel like even though this Penn State team didn't have a great 2020 season, really started out incredibly slow, kind of lost a couple of games that they definitely should have won, lost to Maryland, lost to Nebraska, kind of picked it up at the end of the year, though. This is a team that brings back a lot of talent, and James Franklin is always going to coach a good team. I feel like on the road in Penn State's type of environment, if we do kind of get released from kind of all these COVID protocols and COVID crowds, I feel like that's going to be a really, really tough non-conference game for Auburn. It's a winnable game, but it would be a very, very difficult game to win. Yeah, and, and right now I think Auburn goes 4-0 and through September if I had to predict that. I don't think Penn State's in a good spot as a program. Um, I know Auburn had to fire their coach, but I still think they're in a much better situation than Penn State. But we'll see. Obviously, being at Penn State's a big deal. All right, looking at October, they open SEC play on the road at LSU. Um, let's just go one at a time as far as conference play goes. You go on the road to LSU to start things off. That's, I mean, Auburn just doesn't win down there, so that kind of stinks. But, and we say this every, seems like every time they go to Baton Rouge, it's like, but LSU is not in a good spot as a program right now. So it's like, could you do it? And you talk about Harson making a statement to his fan base. If you're able, if you're able to go down there and do something like Malzahn was never able to do, that would say something. That'd say something a lot on October second. I think that would speak volumes as to the position that Auburn has put itself in in its first season with Harson. I do want to point out though, LSU may not be in a great spot as a program, but they do bring back twenty of their twenty-two starters. Um, into 2021, so they've got a lot of, of veterans coming back, yeah. including a sophomore receiver in, in Kayshawn. Is, is it Booty? I believe <laughs> um, he is not. He is not Booty. He is very, very talented. Sure. Um, so they've got they've got a nice blend of youth and veteran experience. I feel like I feel like this team's going to go kind of like eight and four, maybe be at the bottom of the top 25. I don't see them doing much higher than that. I would think that that's their ceiling. But again, if Auburn can somehow find a way to get a win, get themselves into a rhythm after September and go and win in Baton Rouge, it's a very winnable game. And yeah. I think that would be a massive, massive win for Auburn. October 2nd, or excuse me, October 9th, uh, week two of the SEC slate for the Tigers. They will host Georgia. And once again, it's like they're able to beat Georgia at home sometimes, sometimes, but this is not a game I feel good about. Georgia's going to be arguably better than they were this past year, but we, you know, it's going to be a totally different Auburn program. You know, if you want to look at this with glass half full, you know, or orange or blue glasses, but uh, I don't think Auburn wins this game. Yeah. I feel like this is kind of setting up to be Georgia's year. 
Um, I don't necessarily feel like Alabama's going to fall off because we see what happens every time anybody predicts that. But with a, with a new quarterback and Bryce Young, I feel like there are a lot of unknowns heading into this next year. Um, something that I've learned about Alabama is whenever they were able to retain some of their coaching staff, they're able to be good, and they lost a lot of talent. So I feel like on the, both on the field and coaching staff. So I feel like Georgia's going to be over, able to overtake them in that spot, first place in the SEC, and I feel like Auburn would have a very difficult time winning at home. Uh, yeah, I mean, Georgia's going to be really good next year for sure. On October 16th, they head to Arkansas. We don't get the annual Gus Malzahn wants to put it on the Hogs anymore, but I just have a feeling Harson will be able to beat Arkansas on the road. Just the, the talent gap is going to be absolutely tremendous. It always will be. Uh, unless something crazy happens. And Arkansas was trending in the right direction. And, you know, you could talk about the controversial calls, like should Arkansas have beaten Auburn and all that, yada, yada, yada. But on the road, I, I think Auburn's able to go to Fayetteville and, um, and and pick up a win. And then you got a bye week on October 23rd before you take on Ole Miss at the end of October. I feel like Ole Miss is going to be one of the better teams in the SEC if they can form a semblance of a defense. I believe their yeah. defense was worst in their, their program's history last year. I may be mistaken. It was one of the worst um, defenses I've ever seen. It was bad. It was really Power bad. Power five-wise, yeah. You could blow on that defensive line, and it would fall over, and you'd get 10 yards. It was it was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like Ole Miss can, if they, if they can get a little rhythm on defense, this team's going to be incredibly hard to stop. And if they get Alabama – in the right spot on the road in Tuscaloosa. We've seen time and time again these past couple of years Ole Miss give Alabama trouble. Ole Miss may, may be in some serious contention in the West, and even though this game's at home, I can see Auburn struggling against that offense. You are way higher on Ole Miss than I am. Well, see, you were low on Ole Miss last year, and they, they did better than you expected. That's true. That's a good point. That's a good you, point. But they still... They, like, missed the recruiting class pretty much, didn't they? Like, two years ago? I believe so. I believe so. So, that's eventually going to hit them. But, yeah. All right. Um, all right, so y- you look at what this team could be through September and October, and I think, what was that? They played seven games. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine. Nine games with a bye week. So, I think Auburn could be seven and one at the end of October. I think they can be seven and one and, or six and two. Realistically, I yeah. don't see Auburn getting up. I can see Auburn getting upset, but I don't feel like it's likely. So six and two or seven and one, I feel like. I think the upset is at Penn State, though. I yeah. Like that doesn't really hurt you as far as conference goes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, we'll talk about November in just a moment. Right here on Locked On Auburn, Jaws. You know this. You know this so well. Where the best place to wager on sports or really anything in the entire world is. You know where Guys, it is. If you want to go bet on the Buffalo Bills like I did, go over to <laughs> betonline.ag today. Um, I believe the Tampa Bay is, is favored to lose by three in the Super Bowl. Um, just because I'm a hater and I like the underdog, I feel like I'm going to take Tampa Bay in this game. So go over to BetOnline, put some money down, bet the house on it like I did on Buffalo. Have right. some fun. Right, absolutely. Yeah, and you can use promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. I, uh, I went and picked up a prop bet before we started recording, Jaws. You ready for it? I'm ready. In the Super Bowl broadcast, how many times will kindergarten be said? The word kindergarten. 
kindergarten. The oh. over under is one half. So it's either we will it be set or not. Ooh, I'm gonna take the over on that. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it gets it's it gets set at least two times within the 30 second span, and then it does not get set anymore. Well, that would be enough to uh, to get you some money. So. If you feel passionate about if kindergarten will be said at least one time in the Super Bowl broadcast, <laughs> head over to betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Also, today's show brought to you by our great friends at Built Bar. I had a, uh, a Built Bar this morning for breakfast. It's fantastic. It's become my go-to breakfast. It's also become my wife's go-to breakfast. Or if you get home for uh from from work and it's like not quite time for dinner i get home in like the middle of the afternoon because i have a weird schedule but they're great you know so if you're sitting at your desk maybe bring one you know with you in your backpack or your briefcase or something to help propel you through the rest of your work day built bars are healthy and they're great for the health conscious guy or gal you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat and it keeps you fueled it keeps you motivated it keeps you ready and all the bars are covered 100 in chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew so go to builtbar.com use promo code locked on and you'll get a 20 percent off uh, your next order use promo code locked on you'll get 20 percent off that is at builtbar.com all right moving into november it gets significantly tougher november 6th at texas a&m that's a tough one, and you know A&M's going to have a lot of question marks around it. I mean, the big storyline every year, and you know, you heard it going into this past season, is how much they brought back. They will not be bringing as much back this year. Um, Kellen Mond is a big thing. You know, some people thought he was great, some people thought he was not. So, kind of take that for what it is. But I still think you take his experience any day of the week. Uh, but you go on the road. Auburn's done pretty well on the road playing in College Station. So I don't know exactly how to feel about this one yet. I, I need to do more research on what Texas A&M is bringing back, but certainly a winnable game nonetheless. I think it's going to have to start with quarterback play. They lose Kellen Mond. They lose a majority, if not all. I, I would Again, I'd have to take, do a little bit more research, but I believe they lose most of their offensive line. So that quarterback's really going to have to step up I do feel like, though, Texas A&M is going to kind of transition into more of a, a run-heavy offense with Isaiah Spiller coming back, mm-hmm. one of the better backs in the SEC. He's good. I believe they had a really, really good tandem last year. Um, but I feel like this is definitely a winnable game in College Station. Like you mentioned, Auburn's had a lot of success in years past. So I I don't really know how to – I feel like this game is kind of a toss-up. I do think that this is a winnable game, and if at Texas A&M – at this point in the season, has not found an answer at quarterback. Auburn can win this game big. November 13th, second weekend in November, they take on Mississippi State. Mississippi State stinks. They're the absolute worst. Auburn will win this game. <laughs> I feel like after hearing you yesterday talk about Mississippi State on air, just describe your, your passion for Starkville. I, mm, they're, they're not very good in your eyes. They're um, not very good. I hate Sarganistan. I hate them. <laughs> I know, like, well, everybody hates Alabama, and sure, I get that, but Mississippi State is the absolute worst. They stink. It's the worst place on the planet. It's illegitimate. The uh, The college football world has pity on them um, because of the whole cowbell thing because they know that they stink and their fans don't know how to yell, so it's like we got to give them some kind of pity buff, and so they're like, cool, yeah, you can ring cowbells, and it's just it's a disaster. So fortunately, we don't have to go there this year. They come here. And uh, their fans will just stand there the whole time because they don't know how to cheer. So I, 
I will say your hatred for Mississippi State is surprisingly more than my hatred for Mississippi Athletic or Memphis Athletics. I'm sorry. Very impressed with your passion there. I will point out, though, um, Mississippi State had the most players on the all-SEC freshman team. So another team like LSU who's bringing a black, back a lot of young talent. Who cares, man? Like, it's Mississippi State. Get out of here. They can, they, I feel like they can surprise some people, especially like they did last year with that air raid offense. I, I feel like you can't throw them completely under the bus because they will shock somebody. Who did they shock last year other than LSU week one? Let's take a look. Let's take a look. They refresh my memory here, but I don't remember like them being like, "Oh wow, yeah, they're great." They Any beat Vanderbilt. Oh wow, yeah, that's true. They did beat Miss. Er, they did beat Missouri, and that was a, a week before, a week the week after Missouri had cracked into the top twenty-five of the college football playoff. So okay. I feel like that that was a significant win late in the year, whenever sure. all, all hope had kind of been lost. Okay. All right. Wow. They beat Missouri. Yeah. All right. November 20th, the uh, <laughs> Auburn goes on the road to South Carolina. Um, I mean, that program's in shambles. I know, I know South Carolina beat Auburn last year. A lot of the players are going to want revenge for that one. And obviously they're rebuilding there as well. So I, I think this is a certainly a winnable game as well. So I don't really have a whole lot to add about that. Well, if there's one program that I hate more than Memphis, I feel like it has to be South Carolina. Why? I want Auburn to win. Because they hurt Anthony McLemore, and I don't like the style of football and basketball that they play. All I right. like Will Muschamp. And I, I don't, I, now I, even though he's gone, I don't care. I hope Auburn wins by 50. Okay. So November's going to be a month for us. I mean, we've got uh, the team I hate the most, then the team you hate the most. So that'll be fun. And then, <laughs> uh, then the Iron Bowl happens on November 27th as they take on Alabama, and I know a lot can change, and they're going to have to replace a lot and all that, but that's another one where it's like, I just don't see a path to beating them this year, but um, Harsey could maybe pull some first-year magic like Gus Malzahn did. Auburn by 10. Okay, there Auburn you go. by 10, that's my early prediction. I like the makeup of the schedule, and I like the way the uh, the different opponents are there as far as like winnable games go. I like that LSU is after Georgia State, Georgia, I don't think you're going to win that anyway, but it's going to be a physical game. I like that one of your road games to Arkansas is the week after that because I, I just think you're going to be able to beat them. Then you've got the bye week and then a must win against Ole Miss as far as where you're going to be in the conference. Um, and then uh, Auburn's just done well going to A&M, Mississippi State, at South Carolina. And so I think, I think all the games that are like winnable that are kind of questionable – um, are placed in good spots on the schedule. You know what I mean? Right, right. I feel like the, the, the ceiling for this team is 10 wins and the floor is 7. I feel like there's not a whole lot of leeway there. I feel like Auburn's just kind of like going to be middle of the pack or one of the better teams. I don't, I don't feel like they, they are absolutely crushed this year. Yeah, I, yeah, I think 10-2 and two is just a perfect, everything falls the way you need it to. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and it's like Auburn's not going to be worse than six and six. I was originally hard on this, uh, you know, the record for this, and Charlie Five and I got in an argument about this. I'm like, I think Auburn's a seven to five team next year. After looking at this, I don't know. I I I don't think that that's true anymore. I feel I feel a lot better about it after this dropped. 
Something that I will mention is normally Auburn has a kind of like a tune-up game against like an FCS school before they play Alabama, and I was going to complain about that, but then I realized they play Mississippi State and South Carolina in back-to-back weeks before the Iron Bowl, so I am no longer concerned. That is like a combination of an FCS team right there. I had in my notes from a few weeks ago when I was looking at Auburn's schedule coming up that we played Alabama State on November 20th. We See, that's what it said on FBS schedules. That's what it said on the website is that that was the date that we were going to play them, but I guess they just moved it around. I'd love to know what happened with that. And I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm trying to um, I'm trying to click through some of these stories that the beat writers put up, and I, I'm just not really seeing anything, any mention of it. Well, I, I don't know if it's like COVID-related or anything like that, but I would like to get a tune-up game before we play Alabama every year. That's maybe just that's what that what that's what I'm used to as a fan. But yeah. um, to get South Carolina, Mississippi State, not the worst conference games you could draw before you play Alabama. What is the f- what's the extra game then, though? Because you had Akron, Penn State, Georgia. Oh, they just moved to Alabama State to, to September 11th. Yeah. Okay. I just missed that. I'm sorry. Very good. Cool. Well, awesome, man. Yeah, I feel good about this. So, all in all, I think this is good news as far as the schedule dropping. I think it favors Auburn as best as it could. And then uh, the hire of Nick Eason, I think I think Wednesday was a good day for the Tigers, man. I would agree. Um, I would po- like to point out just one more thing. We did ask for Georgia early in the season last year. We got that. We saw how that panned out. Yeah. I don't feel like that's the same thing. That's the same storyline going into this season. So I feel like those LSU and Georgia games, if we can get past those, and if Auburn looks competent, we will we will have a lot of answers for this 2021 team. You're right. And once again, like I don't think LSU is the same juggernaut that it typically is. And Well, they don't play defense anymore. Right, right. And uh, the big thing is, like, can Auburn get over this whole, you know, all the storylines leading up to that game are going to be, well, Auburn hasn't won there since, you know, I don't think you were alive, Jaws. And it's just (laughs) like, that's kind of the thing where, you know, is Auburn going to be able to do that? And does that get into the players' heads and, 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 you know, things like that? And they can say that they don't pay attention to it, but, like, you've had plenty of chances to like take advantage of that going into it in the previous years and you haven't. So well, well I don't feel like Carson's going to be necessarily looking towards that game because like his motto is kind of like that one and O mentality. So I feel like he's going to do a very Gus Malzahn esque thing and say, we're going to take this one game at a time and we're just going to focus on who we have this week. And then we'll go from there. Jaws, you and I host after the game basketball on ESPN, 1067. You and I will be recapping the Baylor game on Saturday. Tip is at 1 o'clock, and the show will be broadcast live from Tzatziki's Mediterranean Cafe on South College Street in Auburn. The show will start at about 3 o'clock, and if you're not in the area, you can listen on the ESPN 1067 app or at ESPNAU.com, but uh, I'm excited to do that show with you. It's been a fun season so far, especially with the return of Sharif Cooper, but I've got a really good feeling about that game. For some reason, i just got a good feeling in my gut about it. Yeah, I agree, especially with what we saw a couple of days ago against Missouri. Baylor, obviously one of, if not the best team in the country. I believe they're in the top five in both offensive and defensive efficiency. I may be wrong on that, but I believe that was true earlier on in the season. 
Um, they do have former Auburn point guard Davion Mitchell. Sure. I feel like Pearl is going to be able to drop something to, to stop Davion because I do think that there are flaws to his game and he is not an offensive threat. So I feel like if we can shut him down, we'll be able to, to, to at least keep close in that game. Where can people find you on social media, buddy? Follow me on Twitter at an intern Jaws. At intern Jaws, that's right. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby, the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow for a Ferg Friday. Stay tuned. This is Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.